Bismillah Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah Kathiran Tayyiban Mubarakan Fih Kama Yuhibbu Rabbuna Wayarda Ashadu an la ilaha illa Allahu Wahdahu la sharika lah Wa ashadu anna Muhammadan Abduhu wa Rasuluh Al-Nasihu Al-Amin Allahumma salli ala Nabihina Muhammad Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Wa man samasaka Bisunnatihi ila yawmiddin Thumma amma ba'd Alhamdulillah ala ni'matil Islami wa sunnah All praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah. Haddathani jama'atun min al-shuyukh bi-isna kullin ila Sufyan bin Uyayna an Amr bin Dinar an Abi Qabus Mawla Abdullah bin Amr bin Abdullah bin Amr an Abdullah bin Amr bin Aus رضي الله تعالى عنهما أنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الراحمون يرحمهم الرحمن ارحموا من في الأرض يرحمكم من في السماء The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said in this tremendous hadith show mercy and be merciful and the most merciful will show you mercy, meaning that those who are merciful, then they will be shown mercy by the most merciful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, show mercy to those who are in the earth, and the one who is above the heavens, he will show you mercy. The ulama, they mention, this is because knowledge is mercy. The ultimate goal of knowledge is mercy in the hereafter. And the immediate result of knowledge is mercy here in this dunya. We continue going over the tremendous work by Imam Al-Nawi, rahimahullah ta'ala, his 40 hadith, Arba'een Al-Nawawiyya. We have reached the 29th hadith. And this is the hadith on Mu'adh bin Jabal. رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قلت يا رسول الله he said I said O messenger of Allah أخبرني بعمل يدخل يدخلني جنة ويباعدني عن النار inform me of an action that will enter me into Jannah and make me far removed from the fire it will take me into Jannah into paradise and it will keep me away from the hellfire فَقَالَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ so the Prophet صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ he said لَقَدْ سَأَلْتَ عَنْ عَظِيمٌ he said you have asked about a great affair you have asked a serious question about a great affair وَإِنَّهُ لَيَسِيرٌ عَلَى مَنْ يَسَّرُهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى عَلَيْهِ And verily, this will be easy, this matter will be easy upon those whom Allah Ta'ala makes it easy for them. It will be easy upon those whom Allah Ta'ala makes it easy for them. تَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ وَلَا تُشْرِكُوا بِهِ شَيْئًا Worship Allah alone and do not associate anything with Him as a partner. This was the first 
obligation of those things that will get you close to the Jannah and far from the fire. Then the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam goes on to say, وَتُقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ and establish the salat, وَتُوتِ الزَّكَاةِ and to pay the charity, وَتُسُومُ رَمَضَانِ and to fast in Ramadan, وَتَحُجِّ الْبَيْتِ and to make Hajj to the house, meaning to make Hajj and into the Kaaba. ثُمَّ قَالَ then the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "Adulaka." Should, should I inform you about the many gates and doors of good? Shall I not guide you towards the means of good? Then the Prophet وسلم, he said, Fasting is a shield. Fasting is a shield. And charity and charity تُطْفِئُ الْخَطِيَةِ كَمَا يُطْفِئُ الْمَاءِ النَّارِ Charity, it will wipe away sins just as water extinguishes fire. Charity will wipe away sins just as water extinguishes fire. ثُمَّ قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ ذِنَّ الْبَرَقَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمِ سَادْ وَالصَّلَاةُ الرَّجُلُ فِي الْجَوْفِ اللَّيْءِ And the prayer of a person in the midst of the night, meaning the night prayer, قِيَامُ اللَّيْءِ تَهَجُّدْ ثُمَّ تَلَى ذِنَّ الْبَرَقَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمِ He recited تَتَجَافَ جُنُوبُهُمْ عَنِ الْمَضَاجِعِ and they abandon and they forsake their beds. They abandon their beds, they forsake their beds. This ayah that can be found in Surah Sajda, verse 16. Until he reached the statement of Allah Ta'ala, يَعْمَلُونَ And they work. Now, and again, this can be found in Surah Sajda, verse 16 and verse 17. ثُمَّ قَالْ and then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he said, "Ala ala ukhbiruka birasil amr wa amudih." Should I not inform you of the head of the affair and of the supporting pillar of the affair wa durwatil sanami? And should I not inform you of the peak, the peak of the affair? Qultu bala ya Rasulullah. So he said, "Certainly, O Messenger of Allah." فَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ رَأْسُ الْأَمْرِ الْإِسْلَامِ The head of the affair, that it is Islam. وَضُرْوَتِ الْسَنَامِ And, Afwan. وَعُمُودُهُ الصَّلَاةِ And the pillar of the, the supporting pillar of the affair, that it is the prayer, the salat. وَضُرْوَتِ الْسَنَامِ And the peak of the affair, that it is الْجِهَادِ to struggle in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. ثُمَّ قَالَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ Then the Prophet صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ said, أَلَا أُخْبِرُكَ بِمَلَاكِ ذَلِكَ كُلِّهِ And then the Prophet صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ He mentioned, he said, shall I, not, shall I not tell you about the foundation of all of that? 
Should I not inform you about what is the foundation of all of these, uh, of, of the affair? Yani, qultu bala ya Rasulullah. He said, so I said, yes, O Messenger of Allah. فَأَخْضَ بِلِسَانِهِ So then the Prophet وسلم, he took hold of his tongue, he grabbed his tongue. وقال, and he said, كُفُّ عَلَيْكَ هَذَا He said, and uh, control this. He grabbed his tongue, and then the Prophet وسلم, he said, control this, restrain this. نعم? Restrain this tongue of yours, control it. قُلْتُ So Mu'adh رضي الله تعالى عنه, he said, Ya Nabi Allah, wa inna la mu'akhidun bima natakallamu bihi. He said, O Messenger of Allah, shall we be held to account because of what we say? Are we going to be held to account due to what we say, our speech? Faqala Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, so the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Faqilatka ummuk. He said, may your mother be bereaved of you. Naam. And this is a statement, not literally, but it's a statement um, of, uh, what you say, rebu uh, uh, rebuke, to show that what you are talking about is tremendous, and uh, a tremendous affair. Naam. So he said, may your mother be bereaved of you, O Mu'adh. وَهَلْ يَكُبُّ النَّاسِ فِي النَّارِ عَلَى وُجُوهِهِمْ أَوْ قَالَ عَلَى مَنَاخِرِهِمْ إِلَّا he said, and are not the people thrown inside of the fire upon their faces? Or are not the people thrown inside of the hellfire upon their noses? Naam, upon their faces, upon their noses, except due to the harvest of their tongue, except due to that which their tongue has earned. Naam. This hadith has been collected by a Tirmidhi Waqal Hadith Hasanun Sahih. This hadith is a tremendous hadith that has in it a lot of benefits. Naam. Many benefits with Allah Ta'ala. So inshallah Ta'ala will take them one by one um, over the course of the next couple of classes or so. قوله لفضيلة الشيخ العلامة محدث المدينة الشيخ عبد المحسن العباد حده الله تعالى he says قوله as relates to his statement صلى الله عليه وسلم or excuse me as relates to his statement meaning معاذ as relates to the statement of معاذ رضي الله تعالى عنه يا رسول الله أخبرني بعمل يدخلني جنة when he said, O Messenger of Allah, inform me of an action that will enter me into Jannah and keep me away from the fire, make me far removed from the fire. Sheikh Abdul Muhsin, he says, He said that this here is an indication and it points us to the fact that the companions of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that they were very diligent in looking for the good. They were very diligent upon good. And they were very diligent about gaining knowledge and knowing about those actions by way in which would bring them close to the Jannah, into them into the Jannah 
and grant them safety from the fire. This was a concern for the Sahaba. And as Ahlul Sunnah, as people of the Sunnah, people who uh, proclaim that they are followers of the Prophet upon his way, are they upon the Quran, the Sunnah, upon the understanding of the Salaf of this Ummah? We have to imitate the Sahaba if this is true. And we have to our best try to emulate them. And they were those who they were very concerned about righteous good deeds. They were very concerned about this. This was all year round, not just in Ramadan or during the auspicious occasion of the year. But this was all year round. They were very concerned to establish the good deeds. And that's why they would ask the Prophet Sallallahu about them. What is, the, what is the best way I can go to Jannah? Why? Not not because they just wanted to know FYI, but because so they can, they can implement. So that they can implement and do these things. What action could I do that would get me close to the Jannah? Why? So when the Prophet Sallallahu tell them what the action is, they take that and they start to do it because they want to get close to the Jannah. What action if I do it to take me far from the fire? The Prophet, the Prophet Sallallahu he will inform them and then they know, okay, this is what I'm going to do so I get far from the fire. They were those, so they were very active in doing righteous good deeds. And this is something that we should strive to do, be very active in doing righteous good deeds, as much as we can in the situation that we are in. As you find, many from the ulama, they understand this and they make excuses to, to, not make excuses, but I should say, they find a way. They find a way to continue to do righteousness even when they're not 100%. So in other words, how we may make excuses why we can't do so-and-so, nah, they will find reasons to do it, even if they were sick. So you find many of the ulama, when they get sick, they still teach. They still do what they can. He was dying from cancer. And he still had them set him up an area in the haram where he can still interact with the people that answer their questions and still teach them. And he was dying. You have others from the ulama, stories about them that they would be a very old age, like one of the teachers of Shaykh Muqbil, ta'ala. In his very old age, he was bedridden. He was too weak to get up and to go, but his mind was sharp. So the students would come to him while he was bedridden, but he would still teach them. Because his mind was sharp. He just couldn't physically get up and go out. Naam. So in other words, they didn't make excuses why they couldn't do something. But they found reasons to do it. They found a way to do it. Naam. So we have to take this really to heart if we truly want to be upon the, upon the way of the Salaf. Because this was the way of the Salaf. Even when they were sick. Naam. <clears throat> they would still do that which is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and find ways to still push on and push through. This is the kind of strength that we need as an ummah. This is the kind of strength that we need as a community. People who are going to find ways to get it done. Not excuses why they couldn't do something. Now, but they're going to find ways to maneuver around and to do as much as they are possibly able to do. These are the type of men and women that strong communities are built upon them. Whereas those who are always making an excuse why they can't do something and every time something happens, it's, well, you know what happened was, right? 
How come this didn't get done? Well, you know what had happened was. No, no, we don't need people like this. This is just, Yanni, speaking a word that is straightforward and direct. We don't need people like this. We need people who are going to find a way to get it done or to do as much as they possibly can. Why? Because we're striving for the Jannah. Right? And we're going to see, inshallah ta'ala, perhaps <clears throat> better, we'll know better why the Sahaba were like this. Why they were so diligent in trying to find what are the good things? Where, where, where's the good at so I can do it? Now, because they was racing for the Jannah. They wanted, they wanted that Jannah. They wanted to get away from that fire. They didn't want to go to that fire. You understand? When they, when they heard the ayat about the fire, they knew that's true. People's going to be in that situation. I don't want to be from them. So what do I need to do to get me away from the fire? As you find, this is, um, as you find, I need the question from Mu'ad. And I want you to think about this question from Mu'ad. I want you to contemplate upon that. And I want you to think about some of the questions that we ask the ulama. Right? I want to think about the questions of Mu'ad and the questions that the Sahabi used to ask the Prophet Then I want you to reflect on the questions that, what, that we ask the ulama. We have an opportunity, right? We may, because we may not have access to the Sheikh every day. We may go visit him on Umrah or when we are on Hajj. We may go to his tent on Hajj, right? Or we may call him on the phone and they're very busy. So you call him, you got him on the phone, it's an opportunity. And then, what, and then look what we ask about. Yeah, subhanAllah. The Sahaba, they ask those real questions, those questions that will really benefit the individual. Ala kulli hal, the Also, this. Um, this question and the way the answer came this points us to the fact that the Jannah and the fire are real the Jannah and the fire are real and they are presently here now because you have some and it's a very weak opinion but it's a, yeah, a difference of opinion who say that the Jannah and the Nar have not been created yet but they'll be created prior to the people going into them and this is this 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 opinion is erroneous it's erroneous, right? And and this points is right. So when he says, so this points is to the fact that it points to the fact that the Jannah and the Nar, they're here now. They've already been created. They're here. They're already in existence. Allah Also to the fact that the awliya of Allah, the true avid servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, الصالحات, the true avid servants of Allah, they perform righteous good deeds. Now, they perform righteous good deeds. And I really, really, really want us to look at this. Really. Because we're people of the Sunnah. Now, we're people of the Sunnah. We're people who are trying to hold on to that which the Prophet and his companions were upon. Right? It's not befitting that we will let any, anyone who is not upon the right methodology outdo us in those things that are actually good. We should never let them outdo us. Ever. They shouldn't pray more than us. They shouldn't fast more than us. They shouldn't implement the hadith more than us. Because we're saying we're the people of the hadith. We are Ahl hadith We're Ahl hadith but yet they implement more hadith than we do. Does that even make that even sound right? We're the people of the Quran, but they read the Quran more than us. And we're saying we're Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah, we're Ahlul Quran wal Sunnah, and they read the Quran more than us. They memorize the Quran more than us, better than us. Shame on us! Shame on us! 
We can't let, we can't be outdone by the likes of this. It's a race. It's a race with agenda. It's a race in good. Helping each other compete into to do good. So, so the sunnas, we should try to increase upon and be steady upon the sunnas of the day and of the night. Standing up at night and praying, we should be diligent upon this. Even if it's only a few rakat, even if it's only a few rakat, that we do it consistently. And we can do it. Right? We can do it. I know we can do it. Especially the brothers here in this community, who, was, who you know, we've been together and here in this community. I know we can do it. How I know we can do it? Because of Ramadan. Ramadan just passed. Ramadan just passed. And the majority of the brothers, they pray Taraweeh every single night. Every single night, they pray Taraweeh. Now, we have from the brothers with Al-Ham, did not miss a night. Did not miss one night. So that within itself, what establishes the proof that we can do it. We was doing it all Ramadan. Sahwalillah. We did it all Ramadan. About an hour, hour 15 minutes, every night. So now for the rest of the year to say, So now for the rest of the year to pray 10 minutes from Qiyamul Layl. Come on, we can do that. We was doing an hour plus. Now we're saying, Shafir and Witr, every day. Yeah, at least Shafir and Witr, every day. That's it. How long going to take you to pray Shafir and Witr? Not that long. Less than 10 minutes. Maybe 5 minutes, 6 minutes. Right? There's no reason why we shouldn't be doing this. There's no reason. This is how we want the Barakah. Naam. We want, we want that success from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We want Allah's tawfiq. This is how we strive for it. By doing righteous good deeds. Naam. This is how you build strong men. By doing righteous good deeds. Now, when I mean strong, I don't mean strong, physically strong. Right? No, I mean those who are religiously strong. Religiously strong. Strong in their religion. Strong in their devotion. Right? This is very important. Alakulli uh, The people who are righteous, the average servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they perform a work righteous good deeds. So that they may be successful and go to the Jannah. And so that they may be safe from the fire. Now, this is why the righteous ones do what they do. Because they don't want to go to hell. And they want to go to Jannah. Because they understand a fact that we're going to come to more in depth and detail. The Shaykh says, He said, and this is in contradiction to what some of the Sufis say. Now, would mean that what? Because the Sufis, they are in contradiction to the truth. The real righteous people... They work righteous good deeds to go to Jannah and to escape the fire. Now, not like these Sufis, because the Sufis, what they say, They say, the Sufis, they, 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 they're false in erroneous statement. They say, we don't worship Allah because we long for his Jannah. We don't worship Allah because we want Jannah. We don't worship Allah because we want Jannah. We worship, nor do we worship, nor do we worship Allah because we're scared of the fire. This is what the Sufis say. Sufis say, I don't do worship because I want Jannah, and I don't do worship because I'm scared of the fire. This is Baqlin. The Shaykh says, Well, who is Baqlin? This statement is erroneous. Why? Because the Sahaba, the Sahaba, who was A'lam wa Aslam, 
who have more knowledge and they have more and they were more devout. The Sahaba, the Hirs of Sahaba, Allah manifests the Amal, Al Mosula, Al Mosila, Al Mosila, Al Jannah, Wal Mubaida, Al Nar. Because the Sahaba, they were diligent and serious in knowing what are those actions that will get them to the Jannah and those actions that will make them far removed from the fire. This is what they were concerned with, the real righteous people, the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum, and more and better than them, the Anbiya and the Rusul, the prophets and the messengers. They themselves were concerned of what they can do to get to the Jannah. Naam? And they will make dua for this. فَقَالَ اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَىٰ عَنْ خَلِيلِهِ Allah ta'ala, he says about Ibrahim alayhi salatu wassalam, that Ibrahim made dua unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and make me from those who are who inherit the Jannah of bliss. Make me from those who go to the Jannah. Right? This is Ibrahim alayhi salatu wassalam. He what? He he wanted Jannah. He wanted Jannah. He was longing for the Jannah. Sufi come and say, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't long for the Jannah. I'm not scared of the fire. Yeah, subhanAllah, that's supposed to be upon the hap. No, Ibrahim alayhi salatu wassalam, the Khalil of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He said, Oh Allah. Grant me, yani make me of those who go to the Jannah. Oh Allah, make me of the inheritors of the Jannah, of the Jannah of bliss. But they say no, they don't, they don't care about the Jannah. SubhanAllah. We see how what they are upon is not, is not correct. Naam. Also this points us to the fact that Al-A'mal Saliha, that righteous good deeds, Sababun Fidduhul Jannah. They are a reason and a cause to enter into Jannah. Right? Excuse me. They are a reason to enter into Jannah. Right? And we're going to explain that more in depth. That righteous good deeds, they are a reason for entering into Jannah. And in many verses that have this same meaning. Minha from them, Allah Ta'ala statement, And this is the Jannah of which you have inherited it now due to what you used to do. Bima kuntum ta'amanun. Due to what you used to do for, from, what? from righteous good deeds. Due to the righteous good deeds that you used to do. This ayah can be found in Surah um, Zukhruf and it's verse 72. So this ayah points us to the fact that those people who entered into Jannah, they got to the Jannah, right? And what was a, what was a, a sabab, what was a, a reason for them to enter into Jannah was due to what? Because of what they used to do from righteous good deeds. So Allah Ta'ala, He says, kuntum Do to what you used to do. Now, also, another statement from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, which points us to the fact that doing righteous good deeds, and this is a reason, a sabab, for entry into the Jannah. Now, is Allah Ta'ala statement Qawlu Inna al-ladheena qalu Rabbuna Allahu thumma istaqamu Fala khawfun alayhim wala hum yahzanun That those Those individuals who say Our Lord is Allah And then they are upright Upright means what? They do righteous good deeds They believe correctly so on and so forth Fala khawfun alayhim Wala hum yahzanun they will have nothing to be scared for. They don't have to be scared that they're going to go to the fire. Right? Nor are they to be sad due to what they're leaving behind in, 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 in this world. They won't be sad about that. 
Allah Ta'ala says, Ula'ika ashabul jannah. These are the inhabitants of Jannah. These are the people of Jannah. fiha bima kanu These are the people of the Jannah. They shall abide therein forever. A reward. Why? Bima kanu A reward because of what they used to do. So they went to the Jannah. Why? Because of what they used to do here in this world. This is why the Sahaba were very diligent upon doing good. Now, and they look for any, any, any ways, all the means, all, all the ebbawab of good, and then they try to implement them. Now, from smiling in the face of their brother, which is sadaqah, bringing joy to, to another Muslim. Now, this is very important. From the other means and ways of, of spending in charity, for sacrificing for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from increasing in uh, righteous good deeds, by uh, the voluntary prayers, making sure that they are they're diligent upon their obligatory prayers, um, yeah, and so on and so forth. The whole of their life, from how they interacted with their with their with their spouse and with their children, to how they interacted with people outside, to what they did, everything it was always looking for the righteous good deeds. In this situation, there's a good deed I can do. What is it? Now, and then they think, okay, I'm gonna do it because you find there's so many situations. There's a good deed in it. There's a good deed in it. Even if you're arguing with somebody, even when you're arguing with somebody, and you could be right, and you just let it go. It's okay. Let that go. The Prophet said, for the one who does this, what? They have a great reward. Right? So that even in that, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. Now, this is how Sahaba used to look at it and view life because they understood the likes of these ayat. Entry into Jannah because of what you used to do. This ayah can be found in Surah Al-Ahqaf and it's verse 13 and 14. Wadalika, and the Shaykh he mentioned, he said, Wadalika la gunafi, and this is a very important point. Wadalika la gunafi ma fi hadith. And this does not contradict nor negate that which comes inside the hadith. Now I want you to listen to this, right? Because we said that righteous good deeds, they are a cause. Oh, excuse me, they are a reason. A reason. Now, they are a reason for entry into Jannah. You with me? That makes sense? So now, how do we understand the hadith where the Prophet Sallallahu said, لَنْ يَدْخُلَ أَحَدُكُمْ بِعَمَلِهِ الْجَنَّةِ That none of you will enter into Jannah because of his actions. How do we understand these two now? That none of you will enter into Jannah because of his actions. The Sahaba, they said, وَلَا أَنْتَ يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ They said, even you, O Messenger of Allah. فَقَالَ النَّبِيُ Sallallahu Alaihi وَلَا أَنَا and not even me. Not even me, based upon just what you do. Only the only way I can get in is if Allah envelops me in his mercy. Only if Allah envelops me in the mercy from him. Hadithun Mutafakun So now how do we understand this? How do we understand this, right? Because we find in the hadith, the the haruf ba'. We find in the hadith the haruf ba'. Naam. So it says, bi'amalihi. This in the hadith. Naam. La yadukhula ahadukum bi'amalihi al-jannah. None of you will enter bi'amalihi al-jannah. Naam. And then we have in the ayah, 
about as well. Be my canoe, Yamanoon. Be, be my canoe, Yamanoon. Both baths, both baths have a functionality in the Arabic language, right? So now the question is, or the obvious thing is, these baths must be different. The bat in the ayah has to be different than the bat in the hadith. Two different baths. Two different functionalities point to two different things. And this is an example on why we have to strive to strengthen ourselves in the Arabic language. Naam? Because without that, we will never be able to understand correctly. We will never be able to identify and distinguish that this bat here in the ayah is different from that bat in the hadith. Naam? So the Shaykh he mentions, he says, Verily, the bat that comes in the hadith, this is for which means an allowance. The allowance. That you, that the allowance, what will allow you and grant you the allowance to enter into Jannah, then it's what? Allah's mercy. Allah's mercy. And in the ayah, the bat in the ayah, the sababiyah. The bat in the ayah is due to what? It gives you the reason. It gives you the reason, right? وَدَخُولُ جَنَّةِ لَيْسَ عِوَضًا Entry into Jannah is not dependent or you will not be able to يعني, get the allowance to enter into Jannah based upon your actions, right? وَإِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالَ الصَّالِحَةِ أَسْبَابٌ لَهَا But rather the righteous good deeds and they are what? Then they are the reason and the cause for it. Wallahu subhanahu wa ta'ala tafaddala bitawfiq lissabab wa huwa al-amil al-salih wa tafaddala bil jazai al-ladhi huwa dukhul al-jannah faraja al-fadlu fi al-sabab wal-musabab in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Shaykh he says, our actions are not enough to grant us allowance into the Jannah. We will only enter the Jannah due to Allah giving, being merciful upon us. That's why we need mercy. But, but rather, your actions, the righteous good deeds, they are only causes, they're only reasons. Yani, they're only reasons. So therefore, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He, out of His bounty, grants tawfiq for the reasons to whom it pleases, man. And, and, and the reason they are the righteous good deeds. And Allah Ta'ala, He will grant His bounty of the success to those who enter into the Jannah. He will grant them the bounty of success by allowing them to enter into the Jannah. And this uh, bounty, this bounty that Allah Ta'ala has placed upon us because the one who does the righteous good deeds, Allah Ta'ala has, has showed a bounty upon you to... For you, I need to 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 know what the righteous good deeds are, and then to have the determination to do them, and, to, and then to do them. All of that is from the bounty of Allah Taala that He has placed upon you. And then those who enter into Jannah, it is only by the bounty of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala that, that they're granted access to actually enter into the the Jannah. So therefore, the the reason and the cause it goes back to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. The reason and the cause for entry, all of it goes back to Allah Taala, granting. His uh, bounty upon his slaves. To put it in other terms, so it makes you know, it makes maybe a little more better sense. Is that what? 
what will make you eligible for the allowance to go to Jannah is what? Is your righteous good deeds. That will make you eligible to enter into the Jannah. Right? Make you eligible to receive this bounty and mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, your righteous good deeds. Whereas you will only get into Jannah by the mercy of Allah ta'ala. Why? Because none of us can ever worship enough that, uh, how would you say, we, we can never worship enough that will justify us to go to Jannah. We're always going to come too short. Right? So, in other words, Jannah is so expensive that none of us could worship enough to afford to get in. None of us could worship enough afford to get in. I want you to think about this, right? We prepare for, for uh, retiring, uh, for we, when we retire, right? So they put some money around so we can, we, can, we can live off of that for the next rest of our life, right? The next 20 years, next 15 years, and so on and so forth, correct? But how much money you have to stack up to, uh, to do that, to live 15 years, you know, and you just get, you know, get a little, get a little uh, retiree check, whatever. How much money you got to stack up to do that? A lot, right? Okay, what about forever? You put enough, you put enough saved away that it can take care of you for forever? No, no way. We have, we ain't done enough for that. We can't. And this is why what why you only enter into Jannah by Allah's mercy. Because you're never gonna worship enough to be able to afford it. Ever. I mean we started later, even after we started, we you know, we whack with it. But righteous good deeds makes you what? Eligible. And righteous good deeds after you get in, then the more the more good deeds you have done, then that would determine your level. That would determine your level. But it's all what? It's all by the bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's all by the bounty, all by the mercy of Allah. And that's what is very important to understand. So when a person understands that, then listen. The thing that I need to do to get me eligible to receive that mercy, to receive that bounty, is doing righteous good deeds. So therefore, they're going to spend their whole life doing what? Righteous good deeds. Why? Because as believers, we are, we are between hope and fear. We hope that our deeds will be accepted, right? But we don't know. We fear they won't be accepted. Right? We hope we be forgiven, but we don't know. So we got, we scared. Maybe we won't be forgiven. This is why the Sahaba, they did so much righteous good deeds. Right? We just pray mother. Right? But do we know if Allah accepted our prayer? We don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Right? We pray Asr before that, Duhur before that, Fajr before that. Do we know if Allah accepted it? We don't know. We don't know. But if Allah accepts one sajda from us, we straight. Because Allah only accepts the deeds of those who truly fear Him. And who's the Jannah for? Those who truly fear Him. Inna lil Verily, for those who truly fear Allah is a great success, the Jannah. But, and this is why you will find some, of the, some statements from the Salaf, they will say, if I knew 100% that Allah accepted one prostration from me, just one prostration from me, I'm ready to die. I'm going to die right now. Because they know Allah only accepts the deeds of those who avidly fear him. And if he accepts your deeds, this means you're going to the Jannah. He said, if I knew Allah accepted one sajda from me, I'm ready to die right now. 
Why? Before I mess anything up, let me die right now. You understand? This is how this obvious thing. So now, put that into the grand scheme of things. You're doing deeds, but you don't know. You, 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 pray, you pray your sinners, you don't know if they're going to be accepted. So then what's the best thing, most logical thing you could do? Try to pray another sinner. Right? What's the next thing? The next day, try to pray another sinner. Try to pray another sinner. Right? Because what happens is that if you pray enough sunnahs, inshallah ta'ala, the probability of something being accepted becomes what? Greater. Greater probability of it being accepted. One of them being accepted. Maybe this one was not accepted, but maybe the, I did it ten more times and that one was accepted. Or maybe you meet Allah and it all was accepted. But you don't lose anyway. You never lose. So this is why the Sahaba, they were diligent. They kept doing righteousness. As long as they was alive, they kept doing righteousness. Because you never know which one is going to be the one. You understand? This is why they were so diligent upon doing righteous good deeds. So my point is that this. This book is a book that outlines the principles of Ahl Sunnah wa Jama'ah. This book outlines the principles of Ahl Sunnah wa Jama'ah. And these principles, and I, want, I really want us to understand this. These principles are not just restricted to Aqidah and Minhaj. It's not. And I wish the people really would understand this. Because the people of the Sunnah, they should be yani, the, the most outstanding and distinguished in every community. In every community. Now, not, not the reputation that some of the people have where if it's known you're a person of the Sunnah, then nobody wants you around. Oh, he's going to cause problems. Man, he's going to cause problems. Bad, ad, bad, bad. Ad, now, subhanAllah. How, how, we, I mean, we don't understand the adab. We don't understand the akhlaq. We don't understand manners. We don't have manners. People of the sunnah be the rudest people. We don't have manners. That doesn't even sound right. Sheikh Albani, the mujaddid of this century. Sheikh Albani, the mujaddid of this century. The reviver of the sunnah in this century. Naam. Those who our Mashaykh now who are alive, many of them used to learn from Sheikh Albani. He was their Sheikh. You understand? Sheikh Albani was the Sheikh of these Mashaykh who are alive right now. He was their Sheikh. I want you to understand this. So from his students, from one of the most Esteemed of his students and reputable from his students and knowledgeable from his students is the likes of what? Shaykh Rabir. He was in the position of a student to Shaykh Al-Bani. Let's, let's, let's remember this. On all intent and purposes, who was the one who was teaching the people about Sunnah, about Salafiyyah? It was Shaykh Al-Bani. And what did the Imam say? What did Imam Al-Albani say? For those who talk, run around talking about, I'm Salafi. Boy, that make it true because you said it? Because you pump your chest and you're like, that mean now you Salafi, that's it? Sheikh Al-Bani, he said, Kun Salafiyan. He said, be a Salafi. Aqidatan. And your Aqidah, mean Aqidah and Minhaj, because they go together, right? And your aqidah and your belief, your creed, gotta be Salafi. But 
How you sell it if you don't even know the aqeed of Ahlul Sunnah? You don't even know what is inside of Usul Sunnah by Imam Ahmed, where he outlines the aqeed of Ahlul Sunnah with Jama'ah. You don't even know what is inside of Lumat and Atiqad. Where Imam Qudama, he outlines the, 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 the beliefs of Ahlul Sunnah with Jama'ah. You don't even know what is inside of Yani Aqeedah Silwa Sutiyah, where Shaykh Islam outlines the Aqeedah. Well, Shaykh Islam outlines the Aqeedah of Ahlul Sunnah with Jama'ah. Now, so and we can keep, I keep mentioning different books, yani, on and on and on and on and on. We sell if we don't study these books. We don't know the belief of Ahlul Sunnah with Jama'ah. We don't know the belief of Ahlul Sunnah with Jama'ah. We don't know, we don't know the minhaj of Ahlul Sunnah with Jama'ah. And now all of a sudden I'm selling it just because I said so. Being Salafi is not, it's not a claim. It's not, it's not just, it's lip service. Right? So the Shaykh al-Bani said, Kun Salafiyan aqeedatan in your aqeedah. Wa'ibadatan and in your worship. In your worship. How does it make sense a person say Salafi but he the most laziest worshiper? I got good aqeedah, Shaykh. I'll be good. I'm good. Don't worry about it. That's how the, that's how the Sahaba understood it. They used to work hard, a lot of righteous good deeds. Now, all of this is from what? It's from Salafiyya. Is this from the Sunnah? Imam Barbahari, what he says in the beginning of Shahr Sunnah, that what? Al Islam, who was Sunnah, was Sunnah, he al Islam. That Islam is the Sunnah, and the Sunnah is Islam. Right? So, from, so from Islam, we don't have to worry about ibadah, we don't have to worry about worship. No, we got to worship. We worship yani, the same way. The, that the Prophet ﷺ taught us in the same way that, that the Sahaba were upon. This is how we worship, with those type of worships. Now, like this, we're never going to match them and catch up with them as far as our ibadah. But in other words, when we worship, we're in the same ballpark. We're doing the same things they used to do. Just not as well, not as much. But it's the same thing they used to do. Right? This is, this is what means to be salaf in your, in your, in your aqidah, and in your, in your worship, your ibadah. Did Shaykh Albani, did he stop there? No. And he said what? In your manners, in your character, in your manners. Naam, the one who is Salafi shall have the best manners. Best manners, period. Every situation had the best manners. Shouldn't be the most rude of the people, shouldn't be the most nasty of the people, but should have the best manners. The best. To the point where it should be known for their manners. That person says Salafi, oh, Alhamdulillah, at least you know he got good manners. That's how it should be. Not like it is now. Like it is now is, 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 is pathetic. Why? Because you have people who attribute themselves to Salafiyyah who in reality don't know what Salafiyyah is. And it becomes apparent when they open their mouth. They don't even know what Salafiyyah is. Now, there was one person he kept saying, Hizbi, Hizbi, Hizbi. That, that them jokers, Hizbi. Ah, them jokers off it. They Hizbi. So on and so forth. person asks him, what is, what is Hizbiya? Ah, you know what I'm saying? Like, be his being, like them hisbees in them. No, 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 brother. Define it. What is it? You know, like what the Mashaykh be saying. You know the person hisbee. Yes, but what is, you call everybody a hisbee. What is hisbee? He didn't know. He just heard words. He didn't know. So how are you going to put a label on somebody there, hisbee? You don't even know what hisbee is. But then at the same time, you're acting in a manner that you yourself have characteristics of hisbee. Why? Shaykh Falah Ismail, uh, he mentioned, he said, Hizbiyyah is to love and hate for other than Allah and to have loyalty and disloyalty for other than Allah. 
That is what Hezbiya is. People loving and hating. Why? Because they down with a group, they down with a clique, and the clique, this is what the clique is on. So if you're from my clique, you're from my hood, put it in other terms now, you're from my masjid, then we together. We cool with you. Alright? But if you're not, we ain't messing with you. You 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 hisbi. Subhanallah. So so what's what's bringing them together? Is it is it the aqidah? Is it the minhaj? What's bringing them together? Because they go to a certain masjid and listen to certain people. Okay, now you're good. Whether you understand what a Salafi or not, whether you have the proper aqidah or not, it's okay. He's from the good brothers because he, he over here with us. But then them brothers over there, not even from the bad brothers. They don't listen. They don't take advice. They don't take our advice. They don't listen to us. huh? So on and so forth. They make fitna. We ain't down with them. Why? Nah, because of that, you know, we ain't really, you know, they got issues. Yeah, what issues? You know, issues. What? You know, man, they, the, the, you know, the students say they got issues. Okay, what issues? These students, where you at? What issues? Been asking you for all these years, what issues? Nothing. They got nothing. So now, but, but it's disloyalty. Based on what? Because the, the, the group them, it's not, a, it's not, it's not down with it? Because our master administration say, nah, we ain't with it? The students we listen to said no. Oh, okay. What that sound like? It sound like Sunnah or sound like uh, Hezbiya? SubhanAllah, from the Sunnah is that what? We don't blind follow. Nobody. We don't blind follow nobody. If it's a human being, the statement could be accepted or could be rejected. Why? Because they're liable to make a mistake or to be right. The only one that anything he say from the human beings is we take it is who? The Prophet That's it. What did Imam Malik say? Everyone you can yani, uh, take his statement and reject it except for the owner of this grave and he points to the grave of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now anybody else they say something it has to coincide with the Sunnah and, and, and the Quran and the Sunnah. The way the Salaf understood it. If not, it can be rejected. We're not going to go with that. Person make a mistake the mistake becomes clear just because you said it and you Sheikh so and so but did not. No, I mean it's, it's a mistake. The same if we don't blind follow Imam Ahmed. And who is Imam Ahmed? And who are the Mashaykh now compared to Imam Ahmed? We're just speaking honestly speaking. This is not speaking down on anyone. But the, the, the situation is that Imam Ahmed, he was the Imam of Ahl Sunnah wa Jama'ah. He was the Imam of Ahl Sunnah wa Jama'ah. And there's certain opinions that Imam Ahmed will say in issues of fiqh and so on and so forth. We say, no, I don't agree with that. The proof is over here. Because everyone's about, everyone makes mistakes. No one is right 100% of the time. So if this is a situation when Imam Ahmed, with the likes of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, na'am, then how in the world are we going to blind follow anybody else? If we don't blind follow Abu Bakr and Umar, Uthman and Ali, how, how are we going to blind follow anybody else? But we look for what? The, the proof. If one of the Sahaba says something, it's a proof what? If none of the Sahaba contradicted them in that. Could they call that a silent majority, a silent uh, consensus? But if there's a statement that one Sahabi said, and then he differed with another Sahabi, they had ikhilaf and fiqh or something like this, now we have to look at it and examine the proofs and evidences. Maybe it's a variant, you could do both ways, or maybe one way is right and one way is not. But we have to look, we have to investigate, we just don't just take it like that. Because this is what, what, this is what we are taught. This, this, this is from the way of, uh, this is what the Sahaba taught us. It's how they work. Now. Because that's how the Prophet I'm taught them. You stick to the text. You stick to the revelation. 
Long story short, if we don't blind follow the likes of these mashayikh, of these a'immah, of these imams, then a person comes down today and he say, oh, so-and-so off of it. Why? Because Sheikh so-and-so said. I ask you, why? Sheikh so-and-so said it. Sheikh so-and-so is not, a, it's not a delil. It's not a why. It's not an answer my question. What's the deviance? Why is he off of it? You can't just tell me Sheikh so-and-so said. Nah, Sheikh so-and-so said. They get mad. You don't respect the Mashiach. Subhanallah. You don't sound like a Sufi right now? Right? I, I'm not trying to be facetious, but you don't sound like a Sufi right now? Because their, their proof is the Sheikh said. That's their proof. The Sheikh said. You don't have no right to question the Sheikh. The Sheikh said. Khalas. Say. No more. Sheikh said. That's what the Sufi them be saying. No Dalil, no nothing. Just the Sheikh said. It's enough for me. Sheikh said. That's how the Sufi them act. So they come and say, oh, but Sheikh so-and-so said. Who else? Oh, the Sheikh so-and-so. Maybe another one. Maybe two, three. What all the other Mashiach say? All oh, the Mashiach say opposite. They off of it too. Oh, wow. That don't sound like his beard? That don't sound like some, you know, some beginning way of how the Sufi is? Does that sound like Salafiyah? It does not. But this is the problem, is that individuals like to talk about Salafiyah, but they don't like to learn about Salafiyah. Stop talking about it and be about it. Learn what it is. Learn what it is and implement it. Now, so your character has to be in, in shape. Sheikh Abani said, was Saluka, and in your character. You gotta have the same type of character like, like the Sahaba they had. Nah, the same type of character. Strive to have the same type of manners and character and carry yourself the same way that Sahabi should carry themselves. All of this is from what? It's from Salafiyah because it's from what? It's from Islam. And Islam is what? Islam who was Sunnah, was Sunnah heal Islam. Islam is a Sunnah, and Sunnah is Islam. Nah. The Aqidah. That's Islam. The man of worship have to coincide with Islam. The actions got to coincide with Islam. And if not, then what, what are we doing? What are we doing? So, let us ponder over this, inshallah ta'ala. Let us consider and think and to reflect because if we are truly striving to be upon the way of the Salaf, then we have to really step up our game, as they say. And then the Shaykh, he goes on to get into the statement of the Prophet, when he said to Mu'ad of the Mu'ad, he asked him the question. The Prophet, he said, He said, You asked about something that is tremendously great. You ask about a magnificent affair. Like this is a real heavy question right now. You ask about a, a, a tremendous thing. But inshallah ta'ala will pick up from that in the next class. Binilahi ta'ala. Fa naktafi bihad al qadr. Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Wa jazakumullahu khayrun.